We're joined today by Illinois State Representative from the 118th District, Mr. Patrick Windhorst. Uh, Representative, thanks for the time. Oh, thank you, Will. I appreciate the opportunity. I was reading online this morning about the price of fuel, of course, being a great concern to many people. And then as a part of that news article, I had read that you are a sponsor of legislation that would help to, I guess, would attempt to curb uh, somewhat of the pain at the pump for uh, residents of Illinois. Tell me about that legislation. Uh, sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, this uh, legislation, in fact, I have two bills dealing with uh, with the sales tax on gasoline. It addresses just that, the uh, additional sales tax estate charges on the gasoline. Illinois is one of seven states that puts a tax on tax, meaning there's voter fuel tax and federal taxes uh, on gasoline. And then that also receives the six and a quarter percent uh, sales tax from the state. So to address uh, what is causing prices or helping to cause prices increase at the pump, I have two bills. One uh, would cap that state sales tax portion at 18 cents uh, a gallon, uh, meaning that no matter what the price of gas got to, that sales tax would not ever exceed 18 cents. Now, if it fell below where it was below 18 cents, of course, the, the sales tax would be below that amount, but it set a cap. The thinking behind this is there shouldn't be a windfall to the government because of gas prices spiking. Uh, of course, governments budget based on uh, what they anticipate their revenues to be, and there could be a lot of reasons why gas prices will increase. Some may be overall inflation, some may be uh, some external event that occurs uh, that causes those prices to go up, and this would help ease some of the pain that the, uh, the taxpayers pay at the pump uh, by setting that cap. And then the other bill uh, says that if, if inflation were to go above 3% uh, over a 12-month period, the sales tax itself on gasoline would be um, eliminated while, that, uh, while inflation was above 3%. Historically, since uh, about the year 2000, we've been below 3% uh, until this uh, this last year. Where we've seen uh, greatly rising rates of inflation, some of them at near 40-year highs. Well, this has been a bipartisan concern. And so I wonder, although many bills sponsored by Republicans uh, sort of are ignored by the ruling majority in Springfield, uh, do you feel like this sort of legislation may be able to get more traction because it's uh, affecting everybody of every political stripe. This is one of the, the big complaints uh, I hear, and I'm sure other representatives are hearing throughout the state, is the price of gasoline and, of course, the, the taxes that we put on it uh, from the state. Uh, so I think that there's a, a chance that we can get this to move because of, of just the universal uh, issue that we see uh, statewide. You know, the governor had put out a proposal uh, as part of his budget package to actually not have the motor fuel tax separate from the sales tax, but the motor fuel tax not increased this year. It's supposed to go up by inflation every year. Uh, that, of course, uh, would not actually result in any relief at the pump. It would just prevent the uh, rate from going up. Uh, these bills actually would provide relief uh, under the current situation to taxpayers. I know you're in Springfield today, and uh, session starts today at noon. What are the uh, primary topics of conversation in the General Assembly going to be today? Well, this week we are at uh, 
committee deadline week for Senate bills. These are bills that passed the Senate have come over to the House and uh, they have to get through the House committees this week in order to be considered on the floor. The next week we'll be dealing with those uh, uh, deadlines for to get them actually passed in the House and ultimately will be supposed to be finished up April 8th. The big item, of course, will be the budget uh, and that has not been produced yet. Of course, you being a uh, keen observer of Springfield know that we probably won't see that budget until a few hours before it's to be passed on April 8th, uh, which is one of the big problems we have as a state uh, is not being transparent and open about our process and, and the way we spend our money. Uh, the other item we're looking at is uh, is some effort to have a trailer bill on the criminal justice reform bill that passed last year. Uh, the majority party is talking amongst themselves about possible trailer bills. They've not involved the public. They've not involved the Republican caucus. To this point, uh, we've been asking to be involved because, as, as you and your uh, listeners are aware, this uh, quote-unquote safety act has resulted in increased crime rates uh, throughout the state and is being very detrimental to uh, public safety. You know, my preference would be to repeal the whole thing and start again. But if the other side is going to bring forth uh, a trailer bill, we need to see it. And we need to be involved in the process uh, of, of how it's crafted. Illinois State Representative Patrick Windhorst uh, with us today. I've been interviewing several sheriff's candidates recently. And, of course, the Safety Act is top of their mind. And, and we've talked about that at length here in previous interviews. Do you think that the... Democrats are serious about making any major reforms to that act. Are these ruminations about trailer bills just uh, sort of kabuki theater uh, to make people believe that something is going to be done or, uh, or, or ultimately will be done to help make this state uh, more secure? I think that's a question time will tell the answer to. Uh, I do believe there are are a few members on the other side who are greatly concerned and want to see changes. Mainly they're seeing what's coming in November if changes aren't made uh, and that they don't believe the election will be uh, very positive for them if there aren't some changes made. But there are also other members on, on that side that don't want any changes made. They like the bill in its original form, even though it had many flaws and contradictions. Uh, so it's uh, it's one of those things time will tell which of those sides went out uh, in their caucus when the bill comes forward. And there seems to be another fraying or tension within the Democratic side of the aisle as yesterday uh, at least one of the governor's appointees to the Prisoner Review Board was not approved in the Senate. And what that means is that Democrats, now obviously uh, you are not in the Senate, but uh, you're close enough to hear the uh, talk. Uh, does this kind of expose another fault line within the Illinois Democratic Caucus? Well, I believe it does, and uh, these this has been uh, been coming for some time. The, the uh, Senate Democrats did not act on those prisoner review board appointments uh, earlier in the year when they should have. And in fact, we've been going back some time before that. And uh, basically, they would let the sixty days run. The, the the candidate would be withdrawn, the nomination would be withdrawn, and then the person reappointed they continue to serve. Well, ultimately, the Senate Republicans made enough. Um, noise about it and house republicans did as well that these positions need to be voted on that's the process they're supposed to be confirmed by the senate so we basically reached a point where they are start now starting to put individuals up for a vote and we saw one yesterday that uh, 
the vote failed, and there's, of course, reports that there will be others that may not have uh, a majority uh, to get confirmed. There have been problems with the governor's appointments to the Prisoner Review Board. Uh, He's appointed people, in fact, one person who is a convicted murderer who's not serving his sentence is is out of prison, but uh, still, I I and others did not believe he was qualified to serve, and then looking at some of the votes and decisions of the Prisoner Review Board really calls into question those uh, nominations. Well, with crime being a major issue, some of these uh, Democrats who are in swing districts and who have a vote on these types of things are saying to themselves, who in the world are you putting before me to vote on? Because if I take this vote, then this approval of this person who may have a checkered background is going to end up in a campaign commercial attacking me. I think the key thing here is that these appointees are failing because they are political liabilities to the senators who are voting on them. And I think that's an accurate uh, statement. This, uh, the members who are coming up for vote have taken votes as prisoner review board members that uh, basically the senators don't want to be tied to. And that's why you've seen uh, members vote no or not vote on the vote and uh, just so you, well, you know, but so your your listeners know, for a person to be confirmed in the Senate, it requires 30 votes, one more than half of the members. Uh, so that means anybody not voting or voting present or voting no, of course, would not count toward that that 30. Uh, and that's what we saw yesterday with uh, one of the nominations. There were many Democrats who simply did not vote, so the individual did not receive the needed 30 votes. Illinois State Representative Patrick Windhorst uh, bringing us up to date on some legislation that would help to ease the pain at the pump that he is uh, sponsoring and giving us some analysis of uh, other goings on, particularly in the Senate. Uh, Representative, we know you've just got half an hour before a session begins, so we will let you go, but we thank you for your time. Oh, always. Thank you for the opportunity. I hope you have a great day.